You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 122, The Showdown. Hosted by Dan Terry. Hey, I was down here. I need to be up here. And Joe Wren. I finally relaxed my voice. Only took a whole episode. It did. Got to go back and redo it now. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you think Southern Rock has nothing to do with Greek mythology, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. And according to your daughter, it has a lot to do with Southern gospel music. Well, I do think it's really weird that whenever I bring her down here, see, she's always in the other room watching movies. That's something me and my wife worked out where if I'm going to go do this podcast all the time, I have to bring a kid with me. And we did listen to Backbreaker by The Showdown all the way down here. Oh, that wasn't Backbreaker by Fit for a King? No, this was before that. I made a mistake then. This is back in 2008. We listened to Backbreaker, and as you may or may not know, Backbreaker is all about Greek mythology. Just look at the track listing. You'll figure it out. And as soon as we got here, the first movie she wanted to watch, Disney's Hercules. So, I mean, you know, take from that what you will. The interesting thing about The Showdown is they're another one of those bands. See, back in the day, Living Sacrifice broke up, and they left a huge void in the Christian metal scene. And a lot of bands tried to pick up that torch. Some people said Asley Dying was going to pick up the torch. We all know what happened there. I don't have to go into that again. <laughs> Becoming the archetype, well, they did a pretty damn good job of trying to fill those shoes. We talked about them already. But there was this other band, The Showdown, and they played a weird mixture of metalcore, thrash metal, 80s metal, southern rock. They were just kind of all over the place. And what I love about this band is that they really wanted to reinvent themselves multiple times throughout their pretty short career. I think there was only four albums, and they all made a very distinctively different impression on me. I remember you reaching for the showdown every time we wanted some anti-Pantera metal going on, driving down the highway, trying to get to insert name of band show. Right. I used to compare the lead vocalist to James Hetfield, but we both know Brian Fair from Shadows Fall has that title. Well, actually, it's weird. You could compare those two pretty easily, though. Uh, Brian Fair from Shadows Fall with uh, David Button of The Showdown. Although I think that David has a little bit more of a harsh going on. And actually, on the first album, he got a little bit of help from somebody really famous, which we will, well, famous to us, which we will get into when we get into that album. I think he got some help from Ryan Clark on the second one. Oh, I don't know about that. He definitely got help from uh, another notable vocalist. Well, before we talk about the showdown at the OK Corral, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything Discography Discussion at DiscussMetal.com. We're on Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, so if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Thank you guys so much for the five-star reviews you've given us so far. Five-star reviews are the lifeblood of a podcast. We only ask for these reviews because it helps us get noticed, but we have a special treat for you guys. If we are able to reach 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts, we will do a kiss episode. Unless you don't want that, then you know say that in your review that you do not want a kiss episode. But I got a nice five-star review to read for you guys that we got recently. This is from Monty B 75 
And he says, I love the diverse bands talked about, no matter how cringeworthy some may be. Looking at you, New Metal May, and especially all the Christian bands. Being from downstate Illinois, I probably saw these guys at many a show over the years and didn't know it. Anyway, great stuff, guys. Thank you so much. And uh, Brian Patton from the As the Story Grows podcast chimed in and said, because of discography discussion, I'm on Spotify listening to Limp Biscuits' last two albums and not hating them. We did it. And we wouldn't have been able to do it without the Dean of New Metal, Lauren Kozlowski of the Roach Coach podcast. Changing minds and changing hearts, changing oil and changing underpants. It's what we do here on the podcast. Well, it's at least what you do. Well, it definitely is. I mean, if I don't get to, if I don't have to change my pants at least four times per episode, I don't even know what we're doing here. We got an email from Ryan Martinson on episode 118. Dan, you can't hate all bass players. In the pre-Degent days, we actually had a purpose. Also, sometimes their families are incredibly generous and lend their conversion van so you can carry your band to far away places to rock the masses. Much love, a former bass player for Dan and Joe. Well, Ryan also played drums for us, so I just think of him as a drummer. So that's my way out of this to keep everybody happy and keep their bottoms nice and powdered and happy. Seriously, dude, are you in dad mode right now? Oh, I've been in dad mode all day long. I went to two birthday parties at the same time. Don't even ask me how I did it, but I did it. We got an email from Gabriel. Hey, guys, how are you doing? My name is Gabriel. I'm from Sao Paulo, Brazil, and I just wanted to say how much I appreciate your podcast. I've been having lots of fun listening to it every week, especially semi-heated arguments like the one about Cannibal Corpse being thrash or not. Since you guys did Carcass, Death, Sepultura, and Cannibal Corpse already, I was wondering if you plan on doing one about the awesome Morbid Angel. Absolutely, we plan on doing that very soon. I also wanted to suggest one about the iconic Brazilian power prog metal band, Angra. I don't know if you're familiar with the band, but former singer-composer and iconic figure in the Brazilian heavy metal scene, Andre Matos, has passed away last week at the age of 47. And an episode about Angra or his career in general will be very much appreciated. Thank you guys for your podcast, and keep up the great work. Oh, we'll definitely do that. Morbid Angel? Morbid Angel, for sure, but yeah. Uh, it's on uh, the list. We will, we will check out the other band. They're definitely one I'm not familiar with, but I will get familiar with it, because that is what we do. One more. We got a YouTube comment from Joey Swords. In regards to episode 120, impending doom, love the doom. How about a little more face-down love? Give me some nodes of Ron Vier. Two of the four albums are great. I'm trusting you to pick the right ones. Oh, I already know what the right ones are. You might disagree with me, but if I say it, they're the right ones. It's the first two. The fourth <laughs> one wasn't too bad either. There you go. Now we don't have to do the episode. Done. Got another one in the bank. So, Dan... Tell me about The Showdown. The Showdown was a Christian metal band from Tennessee. They dropped their debut album in 2004, which was called A Chorus of Obliteration. This one really caught me by surprise because there was no hype. Like, literally, there was no hype at all. It was also really strange because they... Well, they were signed to a label that wasn't really known for putting out metal albums. They were signed to a label called Mono vs. Stereo, which was an off-print of a Christian rock label, or sorry, a Christian music label called Godi Records. So this is really weird, right? So Godi, they put out bands like Reliant K, and they had this imprint for hip-hop and pop-punk artists called Mono vs. Stereo. So where the hell they got the showdown from, I have no idea. What do you have to do to impress a record label guy that doesn't even really scout for bands like you? It helps that you sing very well. 
during the melodic parts of your songs. It helps that you have some catchy as hell hooks. Check. They got both of those. It also doesn't hurt that your band can play. The showdown sounds like a band that can play in sync and actually get to the end of the song and know where they're going next. I would agree with that statement. I have a theory, though, as to why they were signed to Mono versus Stereo. What year is it? 2004. In 2004, what was a really popular style of music? New metal was dying. Oh, new metal was dead. And hardcore metalcore was coming into its own. So you think a label like Mono versus Stereo might have been trying to break into that market? Was emo a thing at this point? I mean, emo's always been a thing since the late or since the mid, mid to late '80s. Once again, we're talking about emo in the popular sense of the word. Yeah, I, mean, I guess so. I'm not sure that Under Oath has taken over the popular metal stations playlist at this point. Well, they did the same year, so I don't know. I don't oh, know. Was this the year of Dangerous Business? Yeah, I don't know if it has anything to do with that. Really, I think this was just their way of trying to get their own, like I said before, living sacrifice or as a lay dying type of band. The very first place I saw this album, and it's funny because uh, Josh Toomey and John Beatty were making fun of me the other night on Toomey's radio show. What does that have to do with this album? Well, they were making fun of me because they I used to always say that I bought music at Christian bookstores, and that is absolutely the place that I found A Chorus of Obliteration by The Showdown. And I knew it was metal just by looking at the cover. It looks like one of those black writers from Lord of the Rings, <laughs> just ready to cut your head off. If and I was like, well, him, take him. I was like, well, this is definitely going to be metal. Flip it over. It's produced by Bruce Fitzhugh of Living Sacrifice. So it's an instant buy. Well, I have to have this. Yeah, and I, I listened to it probably eight times that week. And it's not that it's original, but it has elements of everything that I liked at the time in it. So it's got it's got some Metallica. The the intro is very Metallica. Very long intro that comes in with some Hetfieldish sounding clean vocals that then burst into these like really heavy death metal style growls, and then they they punch you with a with a catchy chorus, and it just goes from there. That's the type of beating you're going to receive throughout the rest of the album. And some of the songs are hooky and melodic, whereas other ones are just beat you over the head. There's a song called Dagon Undone that is just fucking brutal. It's just brutal from beginning to end. And this band is able to pull that off because everything else has been so hooky. And even the brutal songs are hooky as well. And that's not easy to do. You can either be brutal or be memorable, right? In most cases, bands that try to do both fail at both. This record for me is very dated. It's metalcore with the very stock chug on open strings while the drummer plays a groove and then immediately change the tempo, change the pace, but what they don't do is fall into the dissonant category. It just turns into straight thrash. You get some punk vibes, which we all know thrash stems from punk. So everything about this is good to me. It's got the hardcore elements. It's got the thrash metal elements. In 2004, this is supposed to succeed. So what happened? Oh, this, I mean, I think this succeeded. This really helped the band. I mean, it comes out of nowhere and it satisfies you in almost every way if you're a metal fan. What I really like, too, is that there's there's a vein of groove and southern metal going on in this, which is not usually my preference, but they don't overdo it on this album. Spoilers, they're going to overdo it at some point. <laughs> but on this album, it's fine. It's just a little bit. The example of a song that has that the worst in it is The Mouth of Gath Comes Terror. 
which starts off as with a super heavy, heavy intro, and the band is like, they go into like this crazy dual vocal where it almost sounds like deicide vocals, and it's like super brutal. It's super brutal, but then at some point, like they start, they go into this southern groove where they're like, and now you're pushing up daisies, baby, and then they just go into this groove, and then Josh Scogan from the Chariot shows up and starts screaming. And it's just like, wow, like this has got everything, doesn't it? It's Haste the Day versus Haste the Day before that was a thing. I think this album really propelled them out of nothing into something. I think they immediately jumped on some good tours with other similar bands. So what I can't figure out is why or what happened between 2004 and 2007. Are you ready for Temptation Come My Way? Not really. I was shocked going back and listening to the discography. I had truly forgotten how much of a change happened on this second record. There is absolutely nothing about this album that I do not like. It's basically a straight lift of everyone's favorite thrash metal tropes from the mid-90s. It was still heavy, it still had the thrash bits, but then we were doing that fake southern Metallica load reload singing, which I like. So this album is nearly perfect for me. I could make fun of the fact that the vocals are very tropey as far as Christian themes go, but overall, it's a good album. It's just not the showdown, even though it is. And three, two, one, go. I think that this album is tropey as hell. I think it's bandwagon jumping horribly because between those years, 2004, 2007, Every metalcore band, or at least a lot of metalcore bands that I liked, went Southern Rock. And the reason for that had to do with a bit little band called Maylene and the Sons of Disaster, which featured the old vocalist of Under Oath, but now he's like a farmer that drives tractors and shit. And the band is Southern as fuck, and it was cool and it was original when Maylene did it, and then he as Legend did it. So I was a little surprised to hear the te- to hear Temptation come my way and realized that the showdown, this badass heavy metal band, had turned into a badass heavy metal band from 1987. This is a little more 1997, if you ask me. It is. I mean, but I don't disagree of, with what you say. In a lot say. of ways, it's like the difference between old and new Metallica. You jump immediately from Master of Puppets to Reload. This might be the perfect representation of what it would sound like if Dave Mustaine had rejoined Metallica during the Load Reload days. Because it would have been heavy and it would have had that thrash mentality, but then James would still be singing like this. There's not a lot of thrash on it. This is more hard rock, 80s metal to me. It's heavier, sure, it's got the more modern production. But I have to ask the showdown directly, is this the album that you think that people that bought a chorus of obliteration wanted? Or did you care? Because I can understand both perspectives. I think as a fan, it's like, what the fuck, guys? As a band, it's like, I don't really care what the fans think. This is the album that I want to make. It must not have done that well, though. Look at the release dates. February 2007, and their next album comes out in 2008 in August. That's not that long. It's not totally uncommon, though, for bands in the mid to late 2000s. A lot of underground bands started releasing albums on a 18-month interval. A lot of bands that we like, like Sleeping Giant, A Plea for Purging, every two years we had a new album. Minus two years. It's not bad. I think it's just an album that nobody really wanted. I think we wanted something more like a chorus of obliteration, which 
was had little veins of southern rock and groove thrown in there but not to the extent that you have on this this they've just gone full groove but there are groove metal bands that are heavier than this so yes i'm i'm being meatheadish in that i'm accusing it of not being heavy but when there's only two albums to go by the heavy one and the not that doesn't happen that often with these types of bands typically the first couple of albums or maybe even the first three are really aggressive out of the gate with the showdown you just have an immediate change it's not immediate is that there was a three-year gap between these two albums so back in the day you could go to a band's website and it would have like a splash page and you click through the splash page and they would have like a 30 second preview of whatever they were doing and so the first song I heard off of Temptation Come My Way was a song called Breath of the Swamp, which is probably the heaviest song on this album. But it was immediately like, wait a minute, is this just a Maylene song? Because that's very much what it sounded like. It starts off aggressive and you can kind of get on board. But I mean, by 2007, I was already sick of this Southern rock thing. And it's part of the reason why I have such a distaste for that kind of music now, because it's just too much. It's too over the top. And I just got really burned out on it. And I didn't really think that the showdown was a cheesy band before Temptation Come My Way. And then I hear them covering Carry On My Wayward Son. And I'm just like, guys, did you really think you added anything to that song? I mean, it's a decent cover, I guess. But it, again, I don't think anybody wanted it or was asking for it. I will maintain that the only reason you don't like this type of music really does not stem solely from the Pantera thing. This style of music is centered around the guitar and the riffs every aspect of it. The drummer's not the focus, the bass player's not the focus, the lead vocalist isn't even the focus. He's there, he occupies space, he is what people focus on when you go to the show, but this style is all about the riffs. It's about the guitar player. This is what happens when I go to the show and see Metallica or Pantera or Megadeth, but I'm not focusing on the lyrics, I'm focusing on the riffs, I'm looking at Kirk. I'm looking at Dimebag. I'm looking at Dave because Dave does everything. Didn't you know that? If you ask him, yes. Also, this sounds like Ryan Clark from Demon Hunter, and I know you say you can't hear it, but I don't understand how you cannot hear that. It sounds nothing like Ryan Clark from Demon Hunter. I don't really have much else to say about this album. I think it's kind of good for what it is, and every now and again I'll pop it on when I want to listen to something different. But if I want to listen to the showdown, I'm either going to listen to A Chorus of Obliteration or Backbreaker. I was hoping we were going to get to this eventually. It's it's not that backbreaker, Joe. Why can't it be? It, it's just, it's not. Okay, fine, you win. I'm sorry. We already talked about that album on the show. I just want to talk about that song. Can I do an entire Patreon series on Backbreaker by Fit for a King? You do whatever you want in your spare time. On my time, though, we're going to talk about Backbreaker by The Showdown, released in 2008. All joking aside, I don't think this is the best Showdown album. No, that's clearly the first one. But I do think this is the most enjoyable. This has everything that was good about the first album. With better production, I can't really say it has better riffs because the guitarists are just doing the same open chug breakdown. Don't we call that revving the pit when Andy Adkins just gets up and says, everybody jump like this before the show starts? Basically. I don't think this sounds like the showdown from A Chorus of Obliteration. This is the showdown from Temptation Come My Way, only heavier. This is actually a little bit more tropey in the riff department than A Chorus of Obliteration or even Temptation Come My Way, to be honest. They're trying to make that impression. They're trying to pull in those old fans again. Hey, guys, we did a weird thing on this album, but now we've gone back to being heavy. But if you really listen to it, there's more Temptation Come My Way on this than A Chorus of Obliteration. And I think that's okay. 
it makes more sense that that soon after Temptation that you would have an album like this. And largely I'm behind it. The strange thing about it is that they went in a lot of weird directions lyrically. Really just one, and that's Greek mythology. How you tie Southern rock into Greek mythology, I'll never quite understand. A few bands have done it. The Chariot's done it a little bit. The showdown really doubles down on it on this album. So every song has a theme. So you have like Hephaestus, the Hammer of the Gods. You have Ares, I Am Vengeance. You've got uh, Aphrodite, the Disillusionaire, which is a really hard word to say. It's harder to say than discography discussion. (laughs) It's a weird album. I'm not really sure what to think of it other than the fact that it jams. It jams hard. The song I Am Vengeance is probably the, the standout cut on that album. I could listen to that song all day long on repeat. I love it. The other good song is Backbreaker. Not that Backbreaker. Hephaestus, Hammer of the Gods is a really cool intro. I kind of just like all of it. It plays really well. It's not too long. It's just the right length for an album to be that isn't necessarily introducing anything new. I don't think at this time anybody really sounded like The Showdown. I think they did a good job of reestablishing themselves as a band that had their own sound. I think this is a good compliment to Temptation Come My Way. These albums actually complement each other better than A Course of Obliteration did with Temptation. In 2008, I was tired of emo, and it was on the way out. Metalcore was a bit overwhelming. I enjoyed it. But when Dan talks about Zayo for five years straight at that point, you do eventually get tired of it. The Showdown is the only band I can think of at that time that was just playing straight thrash. It wasn't metalcore, it wasn't Gothenburg influenced, it was heavy, but it wasn't hardcore. I should have listened to it more, but it was definitely the minority at the time. The only other band I could really compare them to is Becoming the Archetype. In 2008, they were on their Dichotomy record. It was also a really original, well thought out album. And I don't think that Backbreaker is as original, but it is well thought out, and I think it largely accomplishes what it sets out to accomplish. Back are the heavy vocals. Back are the massive grooves. Back are the cool solos. Everything about this record screams, hey, we're the showdown. We're back. Check us out. We're going to break your back. And then Fit for a King said, hold my beer. This album, while still being great, didn't really pull in the fans of the first album. At this point, you have to just separate that first album from the rest of their discography as its own thing because it doesn't sound any... Like, you you couldn't convince me that these were the same band if you played these records back-to-back. So in a certain sense, you need Temptation Come My Way to explain it. It's the only bridge that you have to this sound. And that very first hook from that first record is one of the most memorable hooks in all of Metalcore. Fire raining from the sky. Is it raining or raging? Fire rains from the sky, the hand of justice falls. That's where I get the Metallica from. Even that doesn't sound the same as what we're listening to right now. So you have a definitive hook. That's a song that the band is going to play last probably at every show they play. I can hear the same type of influences, but this is not the same band, at least visually. It's weird watching them play live and then mixing these songs in with the chorus of Obliteration songs. They sound better live because they kind of add that flair to the old songs but it is really jarring to hear them switch from album to album because you basically at this point have three albums that sound totally different from one another but they're all thrash they're all good 
Temptation is not thrash. I don't care what anybody says. It is straight thrash. No, it isn't. You just don't like the vocals. No, it has nothing to do with that. Ryan thrash. Clark in all of his glory showed up and no. said, <laughs> "No, it doesn't sound. It doesn't sound like Ryan Clark at all." Number one. Number two. It's not thrash because it's not up tempo at all. It, it, there's no thrashing really to be had. Maybe on Breath of the Swamp, there's a little bit of thrash in there, but everything else is just straight up hard rock in the vein of like load and reload. It's not thrash metal at all. All right, fanboy rant over. But since you have three albums that all sound radically different from one another, how does album number four, Blood and the Gears, bring it all together? Is it the man from hell? Does the man from hell bring it all together? I guess that's Satan, right? He is the man. Is Satan really a man, though? Well, he, you Do know, angels he, have gender? Well, you know, he well, he's always referred to as a he, I'm assuming. He currently resides in hell, but I don't know if... That's his domain, right? I don't know if he's from hell. It's or is not, Earth it's, still his domain? Technically, hell is not Satan's domain. Hell is uh, a punishment place for Satan. That's a little bit of biblical stuff for you, if, if that's what you wanted. If not, just pretend I didn't say it. Blood in the Gears is a very heavy album. It is probably one of the more extreme albums from Solid State that year. This one is straight thrash, Joe. There you go. I've been saying it the whole time because this is what I hear when I'm thinking of the showdown. This is super heavy. It's it's really awesome. I'm going to criticize this a little bit, though. It's not nearly as interesting as Backbreaker. It's cool, but I look at it as inferior to Backbreaker because Backbreaker had a central theme, and this is just a collection of songs. And they are good songs. They've got the melodic singing. They've got all the showdown stuff. But this is the first time where they're like, okay, we're going to go ahead and do Backbreaker again. And that's really what you get. You just get the same album again. Which, again, th this episode really nails down the fact that metalheads are unpleasable. I think if you like Backbreaker, Blood and the Gears is a fantastic album. Clearly, it was not strong enough to, to propel the band forward. This is the final release. I think we have an unreasonable expectation a chorus of obliteration sounds the least like this band's discography as a whole. While I have fond memories for it, it's the band I wanted, but this is what the showdown is. This is what they sound like. Like you said, Temptation Come My Way bridges the gap from that first release to Backbreaker, but this was what the band was trying to put together. This is the sound they decided to pitch their tent on. I still don't understand, though, why on Temptation Come My Way, they eliminated the heavy vocals. I don't understand that either, and it may have been their label, Mono vs. Stereo. So one thing we didn't discuss was that Temptation Come My Way and Course of Obliteration were put out on Mono vs. Stereo. Backbreaker and Blood in the Gears were on Solid State. The change in label kind of makes sense in that, like, we're going to go heavier, and Solid State would probably be a better home than a Christian hip-hop pop-punk label. I don't want to say there were studio meddling in Temptation Come My Way because it more or less sounds like this was all them. I can't explain it completely other than they got a lot of compliments on how good the singing was on A Chorus of Obliteration, and they thought, well, let's just double down on the Southern Rock thing and just do like a rock record. That's my only explanation, really, and I can't really fault them for it, but it's definitely not an album I want to listen to when I want to listen to The Showdown. If I want to listen to The Showdown A, I'm going to listen to A Chorus of Obliteration, and I'm going to love it. If I want to listen to Showdown B, I listen to Backbreaker and Blood in the Gears. In, in my opinion, they are two separate bands. Blood in the Gears for me, but I'm not unhappy if I get something from Temptation Come My Way. What I think is interesting is that 
on Backbreaker and Blood in the Gears, you don't get an entire song that sounds like Temptation Come My Way. I would have thought that they would have sprinkled in songs like that into the overall discography going forward. Kind of like the hardcore thing, this is the song that the guitarist sings? Yeah, just like that. But we don't really get that, and I think that's actually kind of admirable that they, they picked a newer style and stuck with it. Well, to quote you, they didn't need to do that. The lead vocalist can do both. That's true, and they, they definitely sprinkle those temptation elements, but they do it in a much more organic way. I think overall, they have a really solid discography. Even if you don't love Temptation Come My Way, it's not like they picked that direction and just stuck with it. So if you're only a guy that likes super heavy shit, you're going to be fine with three out of four, which is pretty good. I think The Showdown is one of those bands you should have been listening to if you were dissatisfied with emo and metalcore back in the day but you probably didn't listen to this band if this is your first time hearing of them. You were either hanging on to new metal or you were listening to classic thrash, Slayer, Metallica. I don't know if this band missed out on an audience because of what was popular at the time, but I think they are a band that is only equaled in the market by a shadow's fall. Yeah, it's hard rock and the vocals are kind of that classic thrash heaviness it's not zeo it's a little more haste the day in the vibe that we get so overall you should listen to the showdown if you're a haste the day fan this is for you if you're a shadows fall fan this is for you and it's definitely the band i wish i had been listening to instead of trying to fight dan on which zeo record we were going to listen to that day dan what's your album of the week my album of the week is the ultraviolence by death angel For me, it's going to be the life and death of a plea for purging. It was definitely the death, as far as I can tell. I remember when that album came out, we both said the same thing. Is it actually the end of the band? Basically, sounds like it is. And it was. You may have been listening to this podcast for a long time and wondered, why don't they ever talk about a band that I want them to talk about? Well, we don't know that. We can't read your mind. So you have to reach out to us. And there's so many different ways you can reach out to us. You can reach out to us on Facebook under disco- under facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can find us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. You can join us over on our Discord server. There's a link to it in our show notes. Just click on that link and you can go to our Discord server. There's even a discography discussion official group on Facebook that you can join. Or you can send us an old-fashioned email at show at gmail.com. Request your favorite band for us to talk about. Hopefully we like them. If not, please don't kill us. So really, if you can't get a hold of us at this point, try harder. And on that note, this has been episode 122 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to show at gmail.com. If you are not a patron, you can become one at Patreon.com forward slash DiscussMetal. We have some sweet perks. Give me your money. The only chance is not to waste your life. Half hope and have no fear. The truth walks by your side.